0: Just because a storm hasn't hit yet doesn't mean it won't. And so you both need to be strong because there's going to be a time when you have to pick each other up. We want our marriage to be a fortress because we know we're going to go through difficult times.
2: Dear young married couple, you know it's not if your marriage will go through storms, it's when. And today we want to talk about how to go through hard stuff and really to fortify your marriage for when that hard stuff comes.
1: And if you're not in a storm right now, today we interview Gary Thomas, and he talks about how to protect, practical ways to protect your marriage for when that storm will hit. Because that's what the Bible promises us, that storms will come. And as he says in the interview, that's not the kind of promise you want to put on a fridge. Um, But we do need to know how to fortify our marriage so that it is Um, you know, that lighthouse, it's a strength. Mm -hmm. And really the state of your marriage gets magnified when the storm hits. So build a strong marriage now. And in this interview, Gary Thomas is going to talk to us about how.
2: And before we get to the interview, make sure if you're watching this on YouTube that you like and subscribe. And if you have a question that comes up for you during the interview, please write it down. And we love to try to answer that.
1: Welcome back to the podcast, Gary. We're so honored to have you back with us today.
2: Welcome. Well, oh, thank you. It's great to see you guys.
1: Aw, we are big Gary Thomas fans. Um, yes. Your books have impacted our own marriage from day one. Um, we read Sacred Marriage at the very beginning of our yeah. marriage. Yeah,
2: well, and then I reread it probably 10 years into our marriage, and felt myself becoming a better husband because of it and I'm not just saying mm-hmm. that either. Yeah. Um, if you haven't read Sacred Marriage, I know that's the staple <laughs> and, you, and and you've written you're a pro- prolific writer, you have so many other books, but that was such a mind change for me looking at marriage. Mhm. That Thank you. that marriage is about sanctification.
1: So yeah. good. So good. So
2: so what we're here though is to talk about your brand new book. Um Tell us about this. This is exciting to hear. And I know so much work goes into these things.
1: And if you're listening to this on October 4th, it launched today. So you can actually go get it and we'll put the link in the show notes. But tell us the title and where the passion for this book came from, Gary.
0: It's called Making Your Marriage a Fortress. The subtitle is Strengthening Your Marriage to Withstand Life's Storms. And, And here's sort of the genesis of it. I've written a number of books on marriage, as you've referenced, and I've sort of said what I could say. People mm-hmm. know my thoughts, they know my opinions, how I look at marriage. God designed marriage to help us become holy even more than happy, how spiritual purpose drives us together, the word cherish, how it raises the bar that we don't just love each other, we seek to cherish each other. Yeah. The book with Deborah that we've talked about, Married Stacks, how we can yep. enjoy more intimacy in the bedroom that honors God. But what I wanted to do then was more like a journalist, go to couples, wise mm-hmm. couples who have gone through difficult times and said, how have these times brought you closer together instead of pulled you apart? Mm-hmm. Right. And there was an event in Texas. I've since moved to Colorado. rather, Okay. Than recently, loving it here. Nice. Uh, but Lisa and I spent about 12 years in, in Texas and we've been in the Houston area. And every year when we were first there, when hurricane season would roll around, we'd see the signs on the highway, it's hurricane season, get your emergency kits prepared. And sometimes there would be notices of storms that were coming and we're thinking, okay, we'll get ready. And then you do that for a couple of years and all of a sudden, like, it just never happened. So years went by, I think it was year six or seven. And then finally harvey hit and a friend called me because lisa and i were out of town about three hours I said, you need to get back he goes i know you kind of have laughed at how we make to this is not something this is a real storm and when harvey hit texas at first it hit, hit hard and then it passed on that well again it's not that big a deal but then it just camped over houston mm-hmm. got over 50 inches of rain over three days i mean it looked biblical, guys <laughs> wow. it, it, it it felt like Noah times. Mm. I mean, it was just, it would up And the water kept rising above our house. Now, we lived in an area of Houston called the Heights, which we used to laugh at. It got the name the Heights because it's 30 feet above downtown. Wow. <laughs> you know, only in Houston is 30 feet considered the Heights. The heights. Yeah. <laughs> but in a flood, you'll take three feet. Sure. And, and so the water came but I didn't have anything to prepare the house. All I could find, and this is so pathetic, was some blue painter's tape and cardboard. <laughs> and I'm trying to block the doors, which, you know, blue painter's tape and cardboard, it, it's not going to do anything. Mm. Now, it never got into our house. It was really creeping up our yard and whatnot, but it never got in. Wow. But it reminded me, just because a storm hasn't hit yet, yeah. doesn't mean it won't. And how do you prepare? Because when it hits, you don't have time to prepare. Let me give a good example. One of the first couples I talked to was a guy who had had um, a sexual addiction. And I know, Adam, you guys have spoken a lot trying to thank God for that, just helping men. And and some women get free of this. He was deep into it, And he was exposed by God's mercy. It's what he called the worst and best day of his life Mm. uh, where he thought it would be the end of his marriage. It was actually the beginning of a new marriage. He was heavy into recovery, went into counseling, did trained, licensed, uh, you know, the the lie detector stuff. I mean, he was fully into it, going to meetings, reading the Mm. books and all of that. 18 months into sobriety, his daughter got leukemia Mm. and it was a serious kind. She was hospitalized. They were going through it and they went to the hospital and they saw all of these couples who were broken up over this. Mm. And in spite of their kids in pediatric hospitals, having to just get better physically, they were dealing with broken families and both the husband and the wife said to me, if he had not dealt with his sexual addiction, we would have been the divorce statistic. We couldn't have made it. He wasn't free to support his wife. He wasn't Mm -hmm. free to be there for his daughter. Mm -hmm. And and so it's a book that tells couples, okay, if you live in Santa Barbara type weather, you know, always 70 degrees, never below 60, Mm -hmm. sunny skies, no big wind, you can get by maybe with a little addiction on the side. Not paying attention, you're fine, letting your quiet time slip, drifting, being overly busy, a, and you're okay. It's not an A plus marriage, but you're fine, you're making it. Mm-hmm. But when the storms hit, and they will, a child's illness, your own illness, financial trouble, economic troubles, health trouble, how will your marriage make it then? And so it's a book to recognize when the storms hit, how can we have a marriage that's the refuge we run to instead of the biggest problem? Because if, if you have a kid that gets sick or one, one couple, they lost their only child. It it breaks my heart to even mention that if your marriage falls apart. Now that's as big a problem as the one you're facing. And so it's really to recognize if you don't have a problem, This is the book to remind you, okay, how do we build our house into a refuge, our marriage into a refuge? And if you've gone through this, okay, how did these other couples get through it? None of them went through it perfectly. They all admit, boy, we messed up here. We messed up. They're very honest and helpful, but then they just give some golden steps for how God lifted them out of it so that they are stronger couples today than they were Mm. before the storms hit.
1: Wow. That's so good.
2: Man, you're preaching.
1: Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm excited about this. I love I, it. Don't wow, apologize. So in, no. he, he,
0: he, here's, here's an example, Adam. The, the first couple I, I feature in the book, not the first one I talked to, mm-hmm. um, Daryl and Stacey, just an amazing couple. And she came from such a dysfunctional background. Mm. And so she falls in love with Daryl, who is in ministry and a really strong guy. Daryl could bench press 400 pounds. Which, if listeners don't know, that's, that's probably 350 pounds more than I've been to. I mean, that's a lot of it, right? An NFL lineman would claim that weight with with pride. And and Stacy admits, I wanted to feel safe. I wanted mm-hmm. to feel secure. I liked my husband being strong. You know, he mm-hmm. could not only carry me over the threshold. If we had three kids, he could put them on top of me and carry all of us
2: mm-hmm.
0: over the threshold. And and Daryl wanted to be that for Stacy. I'm the guy. I'm going to protect her. I'm going to be there for her. Right. Three years after they were married, some eye issues came up. Some foot issues came up. He was diagnosed with MS.
2: Oh, wow.
0: And I watched as this couple fought it for decades. He finally went to a cane and then a walker. And now he's been in a scooter. And so the question is, one of the main reasons that Stacy got married to have this strong husband who could be there for her, mm. and he hasn't been able to carry the groceries into their house for decades. Yeah,
1: she
0: has to help him get fully into bed, and yet talking to this couple about how the struggles have made them more appreciative of each other. Wow. Uh, Daryl says, I could be bitter about this situation, I've just chosen to be thankful mm. that Stacy is here with me and that she'll. She'll do that for me. And then they, they'll they give me these zingers, one that I'll never forget. Daryl talks about wheeling himself up to bed every night. And he can, with his arms, lift himself onto the bed. But his legs, Stacy has to move his legs over. He says, "Gary, I'm, I'm tempted to just say, well, why don't I just let her lift me up? I mean, if I can't get all of myself into bed, why even bother doing the halfway? He goes, but no, God convicted me. I can probably only do 20% physically of what I used to be able to do, but I am determined to do a hundred percent of that 20%. Mm. Wow. And it's a new motto for me. Cause I've talked to couples where a husband had um, prostate cancer. So sexual intimacy became a problem. And it's so mm-hmm. easy to say, if we can't do everything, mm. we're not going to do anything. Mm. And instead, no, we can do some things, not 100% of what we used to do, but let's do 100% of the 20%. Or, or you get into financial troubles. Well, We can't afford that house. We can't afford that kind of date. We can't afford that kind of vacation. This doesn't mean we're not going to take any vacation. It doesn't mean we're not going to do any dates. We will mm. do 100% of the 20%. And it's those stories, not my wisdom there, mm. that has just made my life different by hearing the wisdom this is battle one wisdom. This is it's such a fresh stuff.
1: perspective. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's inspiring. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering from you, Gary, couples who are listening right now and they're, you know, maybe they're, they've been married for two, three, four years and they're in that, that rose-colored glasses phase where they're like, that's beautiful, but that's like kind of the stuff I read in books or watch in movies and, you know, that, t- that won't happen to us because of X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, we both come from good families or, you know, they just have all their reasons. Why should they still make their marriage a fortress and and start building and preventing some of these things from ruining their marriage?
0: because the bible promises us we're going to go through difficult times. First, thank God for the easy times. Celebrate yeah. the happy years. Don't feel guilty, laugh, mm-hmm. don't be afraid. God will give you the grace when they come. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't want you mm-hmm. to anybody to get anxious, but Jesus said, "In this world you will, will. have trouble." Yeah. Yes. That, that's not a promise we usually put on a refrigerator. <laughs> 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 it's not something you see a faith preacher claim, Lord, I haven't had enough trouble in my life. I'm claiming in the name of Jesus, he'll give me trouble. You said I have trouble. You promised I'll have trouble. We don't. Bring it, us. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the disciples said in the book of Acts, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom. It says they encouraged each other with the words through many Tribulations we must mm. enter, the, so they're going to come. And there were a few things that I noticed. A couple said that really helped them when the things came. First, okay, um, they really had a priority with God. So many said, and "I know this sounds like such a cliche, but they said you can get by with fluffy three-minute devotionals or whatnot. Uh, go to church once a week, uh, maybe listen to worship music once or something when things are good." But will that give you the solid foundation? Do you have the scripture in your heart and in your mind for when you're filled with doubt and questions? How could this happen? Why did this happen? And they just stress the need yeah. to depend on God as a refuge. God is the mm. ultimate refuge. Mm. Right. Every chapter ends with this verse about God being a refuge in the place in the storm. Uh, one woman is amazing. They grew up very poor. They got married very young <laughs> and they had kids very young, which means lots of love, no money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then, but it drew them together.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then they became uber wealthy where they were supporting missionary kids, college tuition, wow. um, writing huge checks. They were in Southern California. The economy shifted in 2008. They had a lot in real estate. Suddenly, though they had millions of a positive balance sheet, now they were underwater. They could have declared bankruptcy, but they wouldn't because they felt like we gave a promise. We need to be true to that. Wow. Mm. They slowly were cr- climbing out of it until COVID hit. Mm. Right. So now, oh. and, and because of his business, I, I, I don't want to give away all the details. It just about ruined them, and they still haven't recovered. But what the wife told me that was so inspiring, she says, I was encouraged by Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And she goes, I shall not want because the Lord is my shepherd, not because my husband is rich, not because my husband is a successful businessman. Mm -hmm. I look to the Lord. And so instead of turning on him, how could you let this happen? Why didn't you anticipate? Well, nobody anticipated COVID, right? Right, right. She protects and, and Chris, th- this, is, this is such an inspiring, loving wife. Oh. Uh, things got so bad, they had to sell the home they raised their kids in, which was mm. devastating to the wife because filled with happy memories is a beautiful home. I'd actually been in it. Mm. And then they couldn't afford another home. They sold it to get out of debt and just to be able to eat. So they ended up renting a home from one of their kids. Mm. That, that's embarrassing at this stage in life when you think you're providing for your kids. You're renting right. from your. Well, another wife was visiting. She's oh, this is a nice home, and she's kind of asking about how they bought it and whatnot. And this wife, without lying, she loves the Lord. She's rather pious. Let her believe that they had purchased it. In fact, that they were renting it. And she told me why. She said, Gary, yeah, I know, though, my, my husband, a lot of times a husband's worth is he wants to provide. I know it hurts my husband that he isn't able to provide. And I didn't want him to feel humiliated in front of this couple. Mm-hmm. So she's protecting him. Mm-hmm. And you know what that does for him? He's so grateful to her that they're facing this together. She's Mm. not turning on him. How do you let this happen? He's not turning on her. Why are you letting me be humiliated? She is in his most vulnerable moment, Mm. making her marriage a fortress. This happened Mm. to you, but we're still together. And I love what the husband told me. He said, Gary, financially, we're underground. We could have declared bankruptcy. He goes, but apart from finances, we're trillionaires with Mm. what we have. Wow. And I, I think most people would trade places with them to have the relationship they have, to have right. the love. So that when you know they've tasted the affluent life, and now it's been long gone, but the love they have for each other is so dear. It is a refuge. It's where they run to. It's not part of their problem. It helps them face their problem. That's what I want for every hmm.
2: couple so good wow do you think that uh, when you're talking to these people do you think these were like this was a reaction that she was so spiritual that she took on this uh this view of protecting her husband or do you think this was something they had to learn or were those was this like a i'm working on protecting or, you know, like making these times better. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, because it's yeah. almost reactionary because no one's, well, some people may be more ready than others. That's your book. <laughs> uh, but how how do they put that attitude on rather than going the opposite direction where the marriage falls apart? Yeah. And we'll get right back to the interview. But what we want to do is make you aware that we have a resource around this whole subject of talking with your kids about sexuality and it's called having the talks
1: and in having the talks we address things like homosexuality transgenderism but even just the basics of sexuality like anatomy and identity Um, we start the whole deck off with identity and it's a resource for parents and children to play together you can play it like a game and it helps children as young as age three all the way up to teenhood there's um, really two decks in one because we have questions for younger children and on the other side of the card, it's a question, same question, but for older children.
2: Yes, and this deck is designed to really bring these subjects up um, organically so that you can um, really have this discussion with them and and open a safe place for you to be an askable parent. So you could go to havingthetalks.com and get your deck and it will actually reroute you to Amazon and you can get it tomorrow.
1: Next day shipping. Yeah,
2: if you ordered it today.
1: All right, link in the show notes. Back to the interview.
0: I'm so glad you asked that question, Adam, because it's a process and I don't wanna present it as if these are just brilliant couples that got it right. They all admitted at the start uh, what they did wrong. The couple with MS, where the husband had MS, Stacey admitted to me that she was so fearful because of just her dysfunctional child, it was her deepest fear. And she says, I believe my fear did more damage to our family than MS did, which oh. you take a step back. Just, but God got her through the fear and then she could support him and Daryl could mm-hmm. be happy for her. The, the financial situation, um, it, it was difficult at first. And they went back and forth before they got to that place. I talked to another couple who lost their only son. That had trouble conceiving. they were able to have one child. He died at 19 just before his 20th birthday. And they admit that in the f- first part the wife fell apart. I mean she just was I mean you're, I mean this will break your heart, Chris because you, you can imagine, okay, it's not just you lose your son. Mm-hmm. you lose grandchildren. Yeah. Mm. every Thanksgiving, every Christmas. Mm-hmm. getting to see what your son does, who he marries, what they, all of that is just, it's just yeah. horrendous. Yeah. Grieving the up. loss
1: of, of anticipated life. The future life. Yeah. 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 And
0: so she, and, but then the second year, which they said was harder than the first, because the first year you're numb. Mm-hmm. You you go through, but then the second year, year and a half, her husband was a lawyer and he was just working in a terrible case with terrible people. He made a ton of money, but these were, Just awful people. Let me put it Mm -hmm. that way. (laughs) He was working in the sewer to earn his money. And then he fell apart. Mm -hmm. And what um, the wife told me, Janelle, is that, you know, I think the first year of our marriage, Joe was supporting me 85, 50%. The second year of our marriage, I was supporting him 85, 15%. Not the second year of their marriage, the second year following their son's death. And she realized that's why we both need to be strong in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Because at different times, tragedies hit you in different ways yeah. and it impacts you. In different, and so you both need to be strong because there's going to be a time when you have to pick each other up, which is why if there are singles listening, so true. don't marry a spiritually immature person. And if you are married to a spiritually immature, m- m- immature person, make it a matter of prayer and study. How do I get them into a church where they're excited, where they're growing, and they're listening? Cause there, there are going to be times when you need to lift each other up. So and, and, and so, but this is where Christianity is just true and beautiful and glorious. I'm talking to this couple who has lost their only son. And you think, how are you not overwhelmed by despair and discouragement? Um, I have three kids. If I lost one, I mean, how do you get over <laughs> that? When you lose your only one. And Janelle stopped me when she says, well, Gary, here's the difference. She goes, I have a lot of kids. A lot of friends whose kids, they're at this stage now, they're getting married and they're getting jobs. And a lot of them have a lot of worries. One is getting a divorce. One is addicted. One is not turning out to follow the Lord. She goes, their hearts are breaking. She goes, but you know what? I know today, Garrett is perfectly serving the Lord as God created him to do. Mm. God didn't just call Garrett from us. He called Garrett to something, and he's in his glorified state. So glorious, I would be tempted to worship him if I saw him. And he's doing exactly what God called him to do. Every one of my friends have worries about their kids. I have no worries about Garrett. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see him face to face. But until I do, I know he's living a perfectly obedient life. And she's taking hold of the scripture that says to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. It's not dead theology to her. It yeah. is life. It is hope. It gives her joy. It gives her strength. And you realize this faith is real. Wow. That what God offers us, what Jesus offers us is so incredible, so yeah. practical Yeah. that we need to sink our roots into it because it is the answer. We will face many troubles in this yes. life, Yeah. but we don't have to face one of them without our fathers' Heavenly Father's arms around us, the Holy Spirit empowering us, Jesus, our brother, guiding us. I mean, it's just, we're blessed to be his people.
2: We are. So true. Amen. So true. I mean, one of my favorite quotes that stuck with me for years and years as I went through a time of questioning was by Dale Tackett. And he asked the question, he says, do you really believe that what you believe is real? It takes a lot of reflection to to sit back and, and and or sit forward and dwell on that. Do I really believe that where he is and what you said about him and his glorified body and all this, if we really believe this, there is so much comfort there. Yeah. That yeah. many people sometimes they they don't tap into. Right. But there is a yeah. real hope.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, the encouraging thing that Joe said, he's the one who lost his son. Because I'd preached this in Bible studies. I'd taught my son about it. And what I found out, it's true. Mm. God is there. He does provide the strength. Yeah. And uh, it's not something you ever want to find out, frankly. It's safer just to believe in it and to trust it's going to be there. Yeah. But these couples testified that God is real, that faith so is impactful. So good. and and that's the courage that I hope people will take away yeah. from this book. So good
1: question f- for you, Gary. Um, you know, if if couples find themselves in a hard position, well, let me just ask what the research shows. If you if you know any statistics offhand, but you know, there's the couples that. Turn toward each other, and there's a the couples that turn away from each other. If it's a, a hard position, like a breach in trust, it's kind of obvious why it would turn couples away from each other. Um, but what if it's not an issue like a breach in trust? Like, what if it is a child's death or um, you know a, a health issue? Like, you know, you gave the story of of the husband with MS. Why do situations like that, and maybe if you know prevalence rates, why do they end in divorce?
0: Yeah, I think what happens is emotional disconnect. Yeah. Uh, that is really a key component that came up. I I, I love the book, Safe Haven Marriage by Drs. Hart and May. Dr. Sharon May is actually Dr. Hart's daughter. Dr. Okay. Hart passed away about a year okay. ago. It's a great book about the importance of maintaining emotional connection. And the couples who made it through, even if they hadn't read the book, it really marked their relationship. They said, okay, the biggest threat is that this outside challenge would pull us apart, and we're not going to let that happen. So there's mm-hmm. a story of a couple. He was a pastor during COVID, and nobody goes to seminary to learn how to lead a church during COVID. Nobody could anticipate it. So yeah. How do I do online church? What does that even mean? Yeah. Um, I, I tell the story, friends of yours, Deborah Falada and John, her husband. Uh-huh. It was fun to get to know John a little bit more. I wrote a book with Deborah, and they're just such a a sweet, mature – Godly couple. And, yes. and just talk about how they're having children brought them together. Their first child, they were, they had a great few years of marriage. Mm-hmm. They were just a solid couple. They were happy together. The first child, Deborah faced what she didn't know that she would face. Some um, depression yeah. following mm-hmm. postpartum, postpartum depression. Yeah. And as a counselor, she thought, oh, I should just be able to handle this. And she said, you know what? Not always. Yeah. If it's a chemical issue, you need, you need the help and whatnot. Um, but what they and the pastor couple, where I put them together, but they both hit on, it's an, it, it came up twice. But they talked about the necessary connection times. For Deborah and John, it's every Sunday night. For the pastor couple, they also had one every night. And then they called morning check-ins of about 10 minutes. Now, the, mm-hmm. the pastor has been realized, my wife likes me, but she likes me more after coffee.
1: <laughs> so, Amen. I, I let her have That's her great. coffee
0: and then I come in, okay, what are we doing? It's just 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And for Deborah and John, it's every Sunday evening, and mm-hmm. they still do that today., yep. but it's a serious check-in. What, what are your temptations? How are you mm. feeling? How are our relationship doing? What are we, what, what's going on? Yep. Because they realize the biggest issue isn't how are we going to pay the bills or why are we so busy or what's happening to our vocations or what is this loss or what is this health scare? are your parents going to make it? Are your parents going to let, you know, the biggest issue is, is this going to rip us apart? Mm -hmm. And if we know we're going to face this together and we're going to come out stronger, then it's like, okay, it's not going to be an easy road, but then it's going to be okay. If I know we're coming out together, Mm. I can face it. Yeah. And so there was just this commitment to, how do you face that? What are the markers of emotional connection? What do we mm-hmm. have to worry about to um, to get there? And, and, and then I would even add though, of that even in the case of betrayal, I talked yeah. to a couple of couples, well, one where the wife had an affair, mm-hmm. one where the, the husband did. And they said, as terrible as it is. Now, let me say, I, I do think Jesus says in the case of repeated <laughs> adultery, I think if it's unrepentant, if Jesus gives the option of a divorce, I'm not telling people who are living with an unrepentant spouse that they're trapped in that marriage life. But these couples, mm-hmm. uh, the, the wife and the husband both duly repented. And mm-hmm. by repentant, they just didn't say they're sorry. They went through groups. The husband was going through recovery yeah. groups. Good. He went yeah. through again the the full disclosure of lie detectors that he still does to this day. Mm-hmm. The wife went to counseling and all that. And they both said to me, we wouldn't go back to before the affair. Mm-hmm. Was like, we hate that the affair happened. Yeah. And, and there'll always be a pain. But the marriage we have now is so much deeper. And the wife, whose husband was on paper, said, I, I wouldn't want to go back to dating the guy. She goes, I know my husband really messed up. But I know he's not now. And if you wonder why, well, he does lie detectors every four months. (laughs) I need to ask him anything. And he knows he can't lie to me. She goes, we live, there's such a security. She goes, if I'm dating a new guy, I don't know if he's lying to me or not. She goes, Mm -hmm. you don't know if your spouse is lying to you or not. And so they, but again, it's why I love being a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. He offers grace. He offers forgiveness so even yeah. when the so worst great. things happen to a marriage Romans 8 20 he can use them for good
1: yeah um, yeah
0: and and so uh, I, I think those are those are the lessons that you want to keep that emotional connection I think if you think about it I can face this if I know I'm not gonna face it alone mm-hmm. mm. but not only am I gonna have to face this I'm gonna have to start life over on my own mm. Mm. that's a horrific thought and that's yeah. why you want to make your marriage a fortress so that, when the trials hit, you do it as a couple. Mm. That's what God so intended. Good.
2: That's so good. Get your emergency kit ready because stuff <laughs> yeah. will come. Don't
0: have painters tape and cardboard for a flood.
2: <laughs> so good. And oh. Something like, if I was to make this a sermon, the difference a foot will make. Like, mm. can you imagine if you were down in the lowlands and you weren't up in the heights of oh. 30 feet? Yeah. You know, the difference the dist, like that little distance, mm-hmm. even though 30 feet isn't a lot, it is a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we, look, we laughed at Houston calling the Heights the Heights <laughs> and we couldn't get out of our neighborhood. I mean, we were flooded into our neighborhood, but our house stayed dry and, and oh. we knew there were thousands of homes that were yeah. wrecked when the waters came in. And mm-hmm. so... It wasn't because of our preparation that we stayed dry. I I was foolish. We didn't take it seriously. But um, we didn't want to do that for a marriage. I realized, okay, if we're going to go through this, if we're going to go through that. Um, And so it's why at times in our life, Lisa and I have sought out therapy. Yeah, Not because we're headed for divorce, but because we never want to start down that road. Let's deal with it now. Let's have the therapist to have an even stronger marriage, not Mm -hmm. try to save a marriage that's already slowly dying. We want our marriage to be a fortress because Mm -hmm. we know we're going to go through difficult times.
2: Yeah, You'd be amazed by how many people come to us as a, you know, it quotes, as a last Last. resort. Mm -hmm. And it's like, thank God that you came to us now. However, <laughs> so much could be done yep. if you came when you just want to get better, like yeah. when you want to find those little areas of improvement so that like you're filling those those little cracks in the dam mm-hmm. so that you don't have a huge, massive breach later. Right.
0: And, and Let me just say to the listeners, if you notice a crack, if, if the Spirit has just prompted you Give the Kings a call. (laughs) Give the Kings a call. It is so much easier Mm -hmm. uh, for counselors to help a couple before they're on. It's like flying a plane that starts to do the nosedive. I mean, once the dive goes further and further and further, it is harder and harder to pull the plane up. Right. Uh, and, And I've seen this with couples. I think of a businessman who, um, you know, sex just stopped in their marriage. They didn't deal with the issues. He was humiliated at being turned down. And yet he wasn't being thoughtful to his wife. And he said, I can just live without sex. And he did for three years. Mm
2: -hmm. And then there was
0: a woman in his office. And, and when they're coming to my office, I just said, I wish you really would have come to me right when the sex stopped. Yeah, right. <laughs> R- rather than right. dealing with the consequences of yes. trying to live a <sighs> celibate life for three years as a married right. couple. Because, yeah. I mean, the look on his face, she's pulling Kleenex after Kleenex. And you like, oh, said, they just waited too mm. long. Yeah. We all need help. That's what the body of Christ
2: is for. That's right. Help
0: each other up. So Amen. give the kings a call. <laughs>
2: Uh, this oh, well, is,
1: get this book for one thing. Yes,
2: this is so, so good. Thank you so much. And all of you yes. are listening. Uh, this book is available right now on Amazon. Go and get it. I mean, just I, I know that um, there's going to be so many verses in scripture. You can make this a devotional. Do it. Read it together. Um, but before we close this interview, um, Gary, we always end with our dear and married Couple letter. Maybe pull from the insights that you gleaned from interviewing all these couples on making their marriage a a, uh, a fortress yeah. but what would you what piece of advice would you give them um, and maybe fill in that blank to your young married couple
0: I, I would just like to requote psalm twenty three in all honesty because these couples have found that it's real but I put it in the book I put it in Uh, the plural, which I think God will forgive me for. The Lord is our shepherd. Mm. We shall not want. He makes us to lie down Mm. in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear for he is with us. His rod and his staff protect us. And I would just say that that's the ultimate answer If there's one person that cares about you more than your spouse, it's God. If there's one person that cares about you more than you, it's God. If there's one person who cares about your marriage more than both of you, it's God. Find him to be your shepherd and experience the blessing of what it means to live life in Christ.
1: (laughs) It's beautiful. Thank you, you, Gary. We appreciate not only your practical nuggets of wisdom, but also your spiritual insights. Yes. You're so encouraging. You preached a sermon today on the podcast. <laughs> we appreciate it. It's beautiful. And folks, go to the link in the show notes. Get this book. Help strengthen your marriage. Get it as a gift for someone else, whether they're going through a storm or even if they're not, help them prevent the storm.
2: Yes. Yes read it and then write a five-star review so other people can find this book and help their marriage. That's
1: it, right there.
2: So we love you so much. Thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you, Gary. Thank you, guys.
2: All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dear young married Couple.com.
1: No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dear young married couple, And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right, see you next week.